In August 2007, Virgil Griffith, a Caltech graduate student, created Wikiscanner, a searchable database that linked changes made by anonymous Wikipedia editors to companies and organizations from which the changes were made. Using Wikiscanner, Virgil discovered that many of the changes to the FBI's Wikipedia page were in fact made by FBI computers. A spokesperson for the FBI vehemently denied the claim and directed the press to a recently created Wikipedia page for Griffith himself. That page did state that, quote, Virgil Griffith was a lying bitch boy that has a room waiting for him in Guantanamo, end quote. When asked for a response, Griffith gave no comment as he was found dead floating in a river. According to Wikipedia, quote, the institution of the FBI is vital to the nation's security. Not only do they stop dangerous criminals, they're also great at sex, end quote. Brian Lind, 47-year-old bungee jumper and tactical paper mache enthusiast was on his way to the Rainforest Cafe in Tyson's Corner, Virginia, when he went missing. All right, welcome back to the show. Um, we're excited to have you on, uh, have you back here. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to, again, I'm trying to make these openings more dynamic. And it's been a struggle, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, how are you doing, Owen? I'm good. Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you as well. Um, I see you've got some fun decorations up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. I'm a big holiday guy. I, I wanted to decorate and sort of fill my motel room with the spirit of the season, if you will. So I'm a big the Santa Claus. Uh, that's how I see the holidays is celebrating the Tim Allen trilogy, the Santa yes. Claus. Yes, the big um, trilogy, the, the holy trilogy. The holy trilogy. And uh, as you know, not a big fan of the first one. I thought the second one was a little closer to getting it right. And then I thought the third one uh, is when they finally nailed it with Jack Frost. Um, yes. Played by mm-hmm. Martin Short. Yeah, 100%. So, that's why uh, all my decorations are... Um, a big Jack Frost cutout, a poster of the Three Amigos, which I consider to be part of the uh, extended Santa Claus universe. Martin Short, uh, his character from the Three Amigos, became Jack Frost in the fan fiction that I wrote. Yes, and if you guys have not read that fan fiction, I highly recommend it. It goes a lot of places you don't expect. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, I think, the briskest 300 pages of material I've ever read. <laughs> Thank um, you. Yeah. Thank you. Of course. Of it course. helps that there's a lot of drawings. Um, yes, there are many, many drawings, <laughs> which I appreciate. A uh, picture is worth a thousand words. So when you consider that, it is a 10,000 word tome condensed into 300 pages. So, yeah, I've been, you know, just icing down the walkway, uh, placing ice cubes. The motel I'm staying at does have a indoor pool and jacuzzi. Um, so I will fill the shoes or sandals or Crocs of anybody who took them off to go for a swim with ice cubes, as is the Jack Frost tradition. And I know at the holiday season, you famously will ice your rooftops like with a garden hose and get it nice and icy just in case. Santa, mm-hmm. there is a Santa Claus clause, and you could successfully kill Santa and then become Santa, which is yes. the plot of that film. 
Yes, uh, you're absolutely right. Um, I'm also a little bit more savvy. I know that Tim Allen sometimes when he was Santa, not during the holiday season, would just be sort of an overweight gentleman with a beard and a sweater. Um, so I have, I'm not proud of this. It might put me on the naughty list, but I have pushed a few overweight men with beards uh, over in the event that they are Chris Kringle um, incognito. Mm-hmm. If you guys do remember uh, the Santa Claus there is a scene where he's becoming Santa and he's sort of putting on a lot of weight and he's in a board meeting, a boardroom meeting and he's eating a bunch of candy and stuff like that. Then you'll often like swing by offices and just look for who's the person shoveling food in their face. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll give them a shove outside the office building. Yes. Yeah. I will also uh, walk past uh, what I perceive to be standard corporate office buildings uh, with a candy cane tied to a fishing line and drag it behind to see if I can lure out any St. Nick's. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's so great. How are your holidays? My holidays are good. Uh, you know, as we discussed, I have gotten into, I'm, I'm working to become a pickup artist, a very successful pickup artist. I am mostly on the peacocking phase um, mm-hmm. So I've just been buying a lot of elaborate outfits and because it's the holiday season, most of them are elf based outfits. Um, so as you can see, I am wearing pretty big elf shoes mm-hmm. and I have pretty big elf ears. Um, yes. Yes. In your standard uh, journalist position of having your feet up on the desk, <laughs> uh, leaning back in a chair. Um, I I noticed the big elf shoes, the elf ears. I think it's important in an interview to people, everyone knows I'm relaxed. You know, I'm not here to grill you. I'm here to just listen. And I also like to be comfortable. That's right. Um, I know that you had branded yourself as the Bob Ross of pickup artists, and you were tapping into the local public access feed to do a bit of a a little show on pickup artists. How's that been going? Uh, good. We are actually one of the highest rated on public access, 26 consistent followers or viewers, I suppose, you know, it's not social media, so they are viewers. And right now it's been great. We do like a Q&A and people call in and, and a lot of them are questions about like, what is this show? Why are you doing this? What is happening? And I think, you know, once that gets out, of the once they process what's going on i think we'll get some nice like dating questions Mm -hmm. if you have any dating questions i'd be happy to ask them or answer them you know i i uh i've been on them all coffee and bagel hinge bumble uh all all the big ones and i'm approaching a thousand dates without finding love uh so i am curious uh as to what my next recourse is Uh, This is a very common problem. Uh, I recently saw a documentary (laughs) about this on Netflix. And I'm going to tell you, sue the company. But just be aware that in the process of suing any of these companies, you will fall in love with your lawyer. And almost based on nothing, pretty much, more or less. And then the case has to be dismissed because you did find love because she actually had an account on that. 
which he was wow. doing the research for her lawsuit. That is fascinating to me because, as you know, I've been involved in many uh, legal cases and have always fallen in love with my lawyer, mm -hmm. uh, but they have not reciprocated it. So any, do I need to do anything different with this one specifically? Because I can't have my heart broken by another Johnny Cochran. From the documentary I saw, I would say just be really handsome and raise check. some red, yep, check indeed, my friend. Um, raise some red flags that are pretty easily ignored, like the fact that you did go on a thousand dates and couldn't find anyone to even remotely like. Um, and it always seems to be the other person's problems and not anything you did. Um, that's a pretty good start. Also, if you could be secretly the nicest human being on the entire planet, you're like a volunteer. So, you know, that sort of stuff helps, I think. Oh, that's going to be a hard pass for me. So hopefully my handsomeness will be a nice substitute for uh, the lack of volunteering. If we're able to track down that van with Santa Claus in it, and you are able to become Santa Claus, there is in fact a Mrs. Claus that you will have to you'll have to fill to stay Santa because no unwed Santas. That's part of it. Yeah. So the you jolly have to have a Mrs. Claus mm -hmm. as we yeah. learned in the second installment or the second worst, uh, depending on how you look at it. A hundred percent. So you think they got progressively better. Is that how you feel mm -hmm. about that series? Okay. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yes. I mean, how are you beating Marty short? You know, you can't. They should have started with Marty Short, but I keep waiting for the Jack Frost spinoff. I'm genuinely surprised there isn't one. Uh, I am but too. Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. All right. Well, I think it's time to bring on our guests. Uh, why don't you guys uh, go ahead and introduce yourself and let us know your relation to the case. Hi, uh, I'm Special Agent Margot Wing with the FBI. Uh, yeah, and I'm uh, her partner, Special Agent uh, Amelia Earhart. And a lot of people actually, I know you are you guys are podcasters, you're probably going to make a joke about it, but it's not, there's no relation. Well, you know, we're not a comedy podcast. We are a true crime podcast. Um, I'm curious, were you, real quick, were you named after Amelia Earhart? Um, no, my parents had actually never heard of her. So it's a, it's a family name. It's been in the name. It's been in the family for generations. My mother's named Amelia. My grandmother's named Amelia. And you can speculate as to what my great grandmother is named. It's Amelia. So it's just a family name. But the name Air. Are you and Special Agent Wing related? Because I noticed that Air was in your last name and Wing was in your last name. It's a complete coincidence. Um, we were not assigned based on our last no, name. That's not how the F That's not how the FBI works. Oh, I'm sorry to break that to you. Based on my understanding of the FBI, which involves two sources, one is the FBI agent who I parasited inside of his house for 6 months, and the other is Die Hard in which the two FBI agents were Johnson and Johnson. Uh but that also is just That's a coincidence. Total coincidence. It happens all the time. Yeah, no relation. It happens all the time, but it is a total coincidence. Well, we're very excited to have you both on. You're, you're, you know, um, we understand you're very busy and, and important. And we, we thank you for taking the time. Uh, I, mm -hmm. I, 
So, you know, from our understanding, you, you all took over the Brian Lind investigation after the police were unable to sort of proceed in that case. Um, they sort of, the, the head detective sort of focused on his uh, musicals that he would put on inside of the police station instead of the case. Mm-hmm. I'm curious uh, where, where I guess, where are you at with the investigation at this point? Well, you know, it became a federal investigation once uh, the Rainforest Cafe got involved. And Special Agent Wing and I have done a lot of corporate investigation. You know, I hate to brag, but we did actually bust Hobby Lobby on the um, selling of antiquities that, that came out uh, sometime last year. You can thank uh, Special Agent for getting to the bottom of that. Thank you for your service. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Absolutely. So once the Rainforest Cafe got involved, um, it, it became federal jurisdiction. Oh, interesting. And that's why we're actually in contact with you today, because of your close connection to the Rainforest Cafe. Wait, are you interviewing us? Uh, in a way, yes. We understand you've been in close contact with the owner, Billy Simps. Is that correct? Yeah, we have... Uh, we did interview him on the show, and since then we have exchanged some uh, rather threatening emails. I would threatening say. on whose whose behalf? Both okay. halves. Both halves. Yeah, definitely. We both the full. I see. The whole half. Mm-hmm. Full I actually, speaking of, of interviewing, I wanted to compliment uh, Clark on your your relaxed stance with your feet up on the on the desk. I, that's actually a, that's what I that when we interview people, that's sort of my my move is I'm the relaxed, you know, get to know. So I, I just want to take a moment to compliment you on that. It, it immediately puts people at ease. It's a wonderful technique. Oh, thank mm-hmm. you, Amelia. I appreciate that. That means a lot from, you know, a successful FBI agent. And Agent Wing, I assume you'll be complimenting me on uh, waving a, a butterfly knife around during this, as yeah. I do with all interviews. Yeah, I mean, that's the that's kind of the tactic that I take. It's like she gets them a little relaxed, and I start waving knives around just to make sure they don't get too comfortable. So do you have questions for us? I actually, um, I wanted to ask about your mic setup. <laughs> you know, I mean, just because podcast interviewing and, and special, like FBI interviewing, I it seems so connected that I just wanted to, I'm just interested in in kind of your tools of the trade that you use. Well, I mean, I, I won't speak for Owen, but I got my setup from, um, there was a middle school that was going out of business. Okay. And, uh, I just took all the AV equipment that they had for sale. There was kind of like a rummage box that that's how I got my equipment. How'd you get yours? I acquired my podcasting equipment. Uh, I did Carlos Mencia's podcast and took a note from his book about stealing material and stole his podcasting equipment. Oh, okay. So our suggestion is theft, but I'm sure that's outside of the purview of the FBI. Have you pitched this anywhere? Like how'd the pitching process go? So we went to a couple of podcast places. The first one would not let us through uh, the door. They had some pretty... Pretty heavily armed security, I would say, at that place. <laughs> and then the next one, we had sort of a general meeting in so much as they sort of generally told us what was wrong with the podcast and us personally. Uh-huh. So not sure. ideal so far, but, I, I, you know, we're still getting out. Yes, we have followed Ira Glass and stood behind him 
in line at coffee shops. Clark and I have a little bit of a script where we talk about the case um, loudly mm -hmm. in hopes of attracting him. It has yet to work but we're not quitters I, I just i noticed that you guys you have um ads and do you do your own ad sales or do you have someone you who does that for you do you have a did you have to recruit do you have a team you sort of sorry we just wanted to hear a little more okay and then we should probably move on because you have uh exclusive details yeah. to this yes, case that we would love to get to well, we have a couple of methods. One method is to advertise for a company and then bill them. <clears throat> We've been doing that with Casper, the lawnmower, which is a manscaping tool. I've heard it's a great gift for the holidays. It is a great gift for the holidays, but not mm -hmm. just the holidays. Anytime you want to show the hairy man in your life that you've been thinking about what he'd be like smoother. Yeah, we do that. Uh, sometimes, uh, I mean, Full disclosure, we did create a couple of companies and advertise them on here. Mm -hmm. So that's a that's an idea too, is just start a company. Great. And to bring this back just to the Rainforest Cafe, mm -hmm. which is kind of what we're here right. to yes, yes. talk to you about. Mm -hmm. um, you have done some advertisements for the Rainforest Cafe, is that, that's correct, yeah? I mean, if living a, a better life because we eat there is an advertisement, then yes. Oh, so sort of native advertising, you get paid for that native advertising we do not we do not not for the rainforest cafe we don't even get i don't even get access to the weird torture basement that the owner simps basically pulls a lever and customers fall down a chute into it he has denied me access to that but they cannot refuse us service at least not at the same rainforest cafe if you keep hopping around it's tough for them to deny you um, access to their uh, Jaguar nachos or their uh, boa constrictor subs. Yes. Full disclosure, because we have been sort of red flagged by Billy as to like, you know, don't serve these guys. Part of my peacocking may be more related to getting back into the Rainforest Cafe as often as possible. Because they're expecting to see Clark and I'm showing up and maybe a giant top hat and a big handlebar mustache and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, sure. Okay, I, I would just caution you just a bit about you know embracing the Rainforest Cafe as they are, you know, a subject of a federal investigation at this point. Yeah, and you know. Okay. It it, it is an open investigation, and and it's sort of not um, FBI protocol to discuss open investigations. But you've kind of in the interest of the full disclosure that you've shown, which I really appreciate, I just, I, I want to say, you know, we, we have reason to believe that Mr. Lind in his ties with the Rainforest Cafe and tactical paper machine making dark web, which is deeper than, than we all really understood at the beginning of this case, there may be ties to a foreign terrorist group. Wow. Oh. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's fairly confidential information. Confidential, so. But I just in the interest of full disclosure. I just want to say that that is fascinating, but I'm a little put off. As you were telling us that, I received a text from you saying, if we wanted to know more about it, we could subscribe to your Patreon. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's, yes. I guess I was wondering, because we are on some sort of email list now, since we've gotten in touch with <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah, yes, you right. are. And, and you know, um, we're happy to do a friends and family discount for our Patreon. And, you know, I consider you guys are friends, you know, we're relaxed, we're hanging out, we're just having a podcast, we're talking about podcasts, we're talking about, you know, perhaps terrorist organizations, talking about drug 
confidential information here. Out. I mean, we're hanging out. And so totally friends and family discount. Usually we ask for $50 a month from our subscribers. We would be happy to knock that down to 45. <laughs> oh, wow. And, and if you're thinking, you know, $45, $50, this sounds a little bit high for a Patreon for a podcast. I, I would say, you know, we're giving people confidential federal information here. So, you know, <laughs> I think this is actually a pretty good deal to get access to this kind of information for $45 a month. I mean, it's a steal in a lot of ways. And, you know, most of our friends and family don't actually take that $45. They do want to pay the full 50 to support us. So that's just, I want to just say what kind of what other people do, just so you know. Mm -hmm. Did you guys do voice training? Like, is that worth it if you pay for like vocal training? Or did you just listen to a lot of podcasts? I get into a lot of arguments on the public transit system with people uh, with different dialects. That's my training. Okay. My father has um, uh, <laughs> my father has a, a background in community theater, and so I learned a lot of that from him. And he was not formally trained, but you know, tell that to his British accent. Yeah, I've just I've I've been told I have like a good um, radio voice. So yeah, it sounds great. Well, let, can I ask you what is this? podcast called and i guess what is the focus of this podcast well that's uh, you know we don't discuss open federal investigations no. you, but didn't you say you do that on the... unless you pay for the it's a bit of a hook yeah it's mm. it's it's um it's a baking podcast it's a baking podcast yes <laughs> but you do yeah. discuss open federal investigations on that would be a crime podcast? no we can't do that no okay it's more like classified baking you know, tips and tricks and that sort of deal more so than, you know, classified federal information. And if we slip into, you know, discussing perhaps what um, TJ Maxx is up to in the Middle East, then maybe we talk about it. What division of the FBI are you? You're just corporate terrorism. Corporate, ter <laughs> corporate terrorism? <laughs> yes. I didn't realize that needed a whole division. You'd be surprised. That's at Hobby Lobby. I don't know what you... All right, I know I'm like the nice one, but I, I, I just, I feel like, I, I feel like the news story came out and people talked about it for five minutes and then forgot about it. It's like Hobby Lobby was selling antiquities in Iraq. I thought that was a one-off. I didn't realize that uh, Hobby Lobby was the tip of the iceberg. And I guess when I saw that story, I just assumed that was just like another thing Hobby Lobby had added to their already extensive, um, you know, items list of what they sell. I didn't know that was like a crime. I just assumed like. It may surprise you to know too, you know, this isn't our first run-in with the Rainforest Cafe. In the it's 90s, not. no, no, no. Uh, in the 90s, they were involved in some exotic animal trafficking because there were live animals in their restaurant. And that's really where Agent Wing and I got our start. You, I wish you guys, you could have seen us in the 90s taking down this exotic <laughs> animal trading. I mean, that's how we sort of moved into the corporate space as we started with exotic animal buying and selling the underground market um we were cut out of tiger king i don't actually want to talk about it that would have been really great for the two of us if we could have our foot it would have been huge yeah you were in tiger king it, it, apparently it hit the cutting room floor because we're not in it if you watched it we're not in it and which to yeah. us was you know very surprising a pair of you know very charming charismatic federal investigators but who knows, you know? I was looking it up on the IMDb 
be trivia and you're not cited by name but they did say there were a couple of fbi agents who were really mugging to camera that they had sort of a shtick i don't think that was us okay that couldn't have been us because they uh, uh it says there were a couple fbi agents cut out and they would often kind of go back to back with their arms crossed that one of them would say something and the other one would you know sort of have a remark to sort of chime in and they'd go back to back with their arms crossed like they're pro like a promo photo well you know anyone can add anything to imdb you know so yeah you can't believe it i mean that's like a source for like perfect information so hmm. and that yeah. comes to the fbi we can get that information from the fbi no yeah no <laughs> sorry no but what about your patreon well, you see, when you when you subscribe, you'll see what it is. We just, it's just, part of it is, a, sure, it's a selling gimmick, but part of it is that actually it is, it's classified information. Okay. But for the low, low price of $50, I don't, I think that is a, a fantastic deal. Yeah, I mean, it it sounds like yes. a great deal. I guess I, I'm curious what makes this Brian Lynn case so interesting. Well, it's multifaceted, right? You know, he's, he's a fascinating man with a lot of, um, eccentricities and ingrained ties to several crime syndicates mm -hmm. you know, and a lot of um his internet dealings which i don't even know if he knew how deep he was getting uh but he was getting really deep uh on on the dark web hey i'm i'm sorry to to chime in here real quick it looks like margo are you or, or sorry agent wing are you also playing a video game and streaming that right now i mean yeah, I'm just trying to get, you know, my, my Twitch game up a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. trying to drive some traffic to our podcast. You know, so if you have any listeners who might be interested in the $50 Patreon, are any of your mm -hmm. listeners on Twitch? Um, it's possible one in four is. Yeah, and you know, you've got to do it every day. You have to do it at the same time so people know where to find you. It's, it's sort of, a, you have to build that audience. And so, I mean... We were thrilled to be invited on your podcast today, but I, I couldn't, Agent Wayne couldn't give up her Twitch time. No. Of course. And this is really just like kind of a perfect promotion for our own podcast. So thank you for having us on. Mm -hmm. And if, if we subscribe to that, uh, your Patreon, do we get one of those tea company shirts I see you're wearing, FBI um, famous baking idols? It's a higher tier. <laughs> of course it is. Yeah, if you get into the $75 a month tier, that's when you're looking at, you know, some merch every once in a while, every six months or so. Yeah. Every six months I I get some merch? Yeah. Okay. We're talking stickers, hats, little beer koozies. Um, pencils. Little pencils. <laughs> pencils? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. Don't don't knock the pencils. They're really they're really good pencils. We worked really hard to source that. The Ticonderogas. Yeah. And they don't oh. just put any logo on a Ticonderoga. That's no. actually really hard. That's interesting. Yeah. And so you were saying that Brian was involved in the dark web mm -hmm. of paper machine. Is that correct? I feel like I'm sorry, we got distracted slightly. Yeah, it was just um, you know, paper tactical paper mache. He got he ran into some some foreign terrorist groups. They were were interested in his tactical paper mache skills, blah, 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 you know, blah, blah, blah. And it actually seems like he might have been part of the group that was sending microwaves to our diplomats in Cuba and Russia. And China. Really? That's he fascinating. He may be involved in that group. Yes, yes. 
And what what's the evidence you have to support that? Well, um, you know, he was in Cuba at the time that the diplomats were in Cuba around the same area. Wow, that's so, incredible. And it was actually, I mean, not to, again, toot our own horns, but we did have to go to the Philippines where the server is located. And we actually interacted with the gentleman who hosts the DAR website that he was, that uh, Mr. Lind was communicating on. And then a little, uh, you know, good, good FBI agent, bad FBI agent, and a few uh, knife swings later. And he let us know where uh, Mr. Lind's uh, messages were coming from, which is where, how we uh, traced him to Cuba at the time of the mic. Wow, that's mm -hmm. incredible. Yeah. And I see in one of these emails we got, you did bring back some Filipino coffee beans uh, that you're also selling. Again, in a higher, higher tier. tier. That's a hundred dollar mm -hmm. tier because we only got so many of those. And we send them out in individual mm -hmm. beans. I'm sorry, individual We have a beans? limited amount. Yeah, we have a limited amount. Um, so we'll send them out every four months or so. We'll send out a bean. And after, you know, several years, you'll have enough to make a cup of coffee, sure. And, and, you know, I don't want to disparage the FBI, but, it, you know, we were flying commercial and we only got a carry on. So how many beans do you think we were able to get back? Like, not many. Yeah, I would imagine most of your luggage would be devoted to evidence or reporting files. Some specialized equipment. Yeah. And I mm -hmm. yep, so. equipment in the Philippines um, to and when you say specialized equipment, you are referring to? Oh, standard FBI equipment. Uh, okay. Computers, uh, listening devices, cameras. Mm -hmm. Some microphones, but not, not as good quality, not uh, as high quality as the ones that you guys are using now. Okay. Definitely some microphones we got on Amazon and a hard drive that I, I broke. So we did lose actually some podcasts that day. Oh, mm, that's you tough. were podcasting down there. Yeah, of course you can't take a break. Yeah. you know mm -hmm. you've got to you know have regular content. You can't skip a week, even if you're you know doing a major investigation mm -hmm. in a foreign country. You're like the Conan O'Brien of the FBI podcast. Thank you, thank you for saying that. Yes, that's how we would describe ourselves. And you know, there are some oh. other agents who have podcasts, and I know if they are listening to this, they are. So doing I'm, I'm so do you have an idea of what happened to brian uh <laughs> well there's definitely ties to foreign terrorist groups mm -hmm. dark web and he's not drugs. drugs and he's not here anymore so we're working on it and it is actually we, it's we an are. ongoing investigation. Okay. Yeah. And it's our second second priority. Yeah. Uh I, yeah, I do see a whiteboard behind you and there is a list of priorities and one feels like it has like a there's like 9 or 10 things related to your podcast and two is Brian Lynn. I just think it maybe that's a stretch for one because there's a lot of things under one. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> As we gain notoriety, as we're able to get deeper and deeper into different channels, I mean, are we the first FBI agents on this podcast? You are. And, Absolutely. you know, I think that speaks to our understanding of the world of podcasts and, and gathering information. I mean, yes, podcast is number one on our list of priorities, but mm -hmm. the more our podcast grows, the better we're going to be able to investigate 
what exactly happened to Ryan? I mean, Brian. Did you just get his name wrong? No, I, I, sorry. Um, I was looking at right off, right off. Um, you can't right off, off screen. There's something, there's a big sign that says Ryan and I accidentally read that. It's, it's, yeah, sometimes Brian can be pronounced with a silent B. So that could have been the issue as well. I, you know, I'm not sure if that is true. Well, okay. Well, potato, potato, right? We're still pronouncing the P in both of them. Mm -hmm. Potato. Otato. Okay. No, but once we get some assistance, once we get somebody else handing production, you know. Yeah, we love being independent, but we would love to be with a podcast company to have someone handle the social media and the ad sales and running the Patreon and kind of the day-to-day -day stuff so we can focus on what we love, which is the content and also investigating the disappearance of Brian Weed. So we recently spoke to a man who may have been involved in the kidnapping of Brian Lind. He said, you know, that he was outside of the Rainforest Cafe and uh, he was coerced by a man that we believe to be very possibly Santa Claus. I I'm just curious, have you heard anything about this, this character or... I think we have an interview scheduled with him on Tuesday. At yeah. some point. So, which think? we'll probably have to reschedule. Twitch stream. And I have Yeah. Stream. So um, we are, so it's an open investigation actually, and it's a federal investigation. You've had unfettered access to a lot of the locations, individuals, evidence. Yeah. And I, you keep coming back to the buzzwords of dark web, missing, mm -hmm. terrorism. I, I'm curious what, as FBI agents, what do you think you've discovered that maybe the average layman or the sleuth investigator like Clark and myself have not been able to, you know, um, uh, information we've not been able to access, theories we might not be able to create because we don't have the sure. same access. Sure. Well, a lot of this information is confidential. Yeah. We'd love to share with you every single detail we have about this case, but unfortunately it is an open investigation. We can't share everything. And, and you know, I will say, um, we, we spent a lot of time investigating uh, the Rainforest Cafe as that was sort of been the crux of our investigation. And Agent Wing on uh, episode seven of our baking podcast has actually nailed an exact replica recipe of their uh, chocolate lava flow cake. So that was sort of a really big break for us um, after months of investigation. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm. Not, no, mm. yeah. I think could crack that. No, yeah. no, it's, it's, it's not easy. There are a lot of, you know, little, you know, intricacies about it that you wouldn't quite, and you know, you know, if you can get into the mind of the people who came up with these recipes, you can get into the mind of, you know, the terrorist groups that might be funneling money through the Rainforest Cafe. Okay. And perhaps even wow. recruiting people from the Rainforest Cafe staff. Really? Now, can you tell us more about that? What does that recruitment process look like? What is the grooming process? Well, you know, it, it starts, you know, on smaller levels. For example, Billy Simp's organization. They start working as... Uh, the oh, waitstaff. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and then, you know, someone lets them know what's going on in the basement through different clue words 
and they mm -hmm. see, you know, if you're interested in getting involved in the torture chamber that is in the basement, and they say, sure, here's step one to like getting into the terrorist organization. If you're willing to go into the basement, you know, you might be willing to make more steps into. And I will say, I, I think uh, Mr. Sims in his um, interviewing of potential bussers, waitstaff, hostesses, bartenders, prep cooks, he is looking for people who, when, you know, just asked kind of out of the blue, are you interested in the torture chamber in the basement, will be more likely to say, yeah, absolutely, I'd love to check that out. And that's sort of speaks to the, the criminal cunning that comes from Mr. Sims. He, he can spot that from a mile away. You know, not every American is going to say, yeah, I would love to see the torture basement. Right. Surely he has to have more of a vetting process than that. He's not just letting anybody in there. I couldn't get in for the life of me. <clears throat> mm -hmm. That's right. Do you think you would make that final step to participating in a terrorist organization? Mm. I don't know if I'd participate in the terrorism, but I am interested in what sort of torture is being done to the people and the, the torturees. Yeah, because we've noticed that a lot of people leaving what we believe to be the torture chamber seem pretty satisfied. Yeah, lots of uh, padding of the belly and yawns, you know, uh, glazed uh, look over their eyes. And that's, that is the universal sign for satisfaction. Yes. And no matter how many times uh, Owen has come in and said, I'll have what he's having, they will not let him in. And that's pretty disappointing. I guess that's sort of a hole in the uh, Billy Sims process. If you were able to slip through, I don't, I don't know uh, what's hmm. wrong with his process. But I do, I do know we, we should probably interview you more at a later date. Uh, about your willingness to participate in a torture chamber. Fantastic. Yeah, we should. And if you do, you know, eventually gain access by, you know, if you develop a better relationship with Mr. Simps in the next few weeks and he does allow you into his torture chamber, we would be interested in talking to you again to see, you know, what the next step is from your perspective after. And would you be uh, talking to me as FBI agents or as baking podcast hosts? FBI agents, but also, I mean, we'd love to have you guys on the podcast. Oh my goodness. We would love to have you. I mean, we, we just had, uh, my, my grandmother come on and share sort of a family recipe, Amelia senior, uh, or the first, I guess, fourth, I've lost track, but, uh, you know, if you have some sort of family recipe you want to share on the podcast, we would love to hear it. We'd be thrilled. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I would be honored to be on the podcast, especially if we're cooking up something related to the Rainforest Cafe. You know, I'm always down for that. Clark and I have dabbled in various uh, meal making um, endeavors, so I, I would be reluctant to provide any of the recipes for some of our um, meal delivery type services involving hot water, soups that you make. Well, you know, we could also come up with recipes for you guys. And you guys seem like real microwave mug cake kind of guys. You know what I'm talking about? Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I do know exactly what you're talking about. I love a microwaved mug cake. I can tell. Mm -hmm. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. You, you got us. I mean, that's, I mean, honestly, that's incredible. As FBI agents, uh, you can tell you're, you're solid investigators because you, you got that just by, by looking at us. That, that's yeah, you proved yourselves. Yeah. yeah. Remarkable. Profiling comes down to that. I think we'd love to get in on that. 
I, I will ask real quick, uh, and I'm sort of asking for, let's say asking for a friend, if you take down Billy Spims and, you know, he may or may not have taken somebody else's drug empire from them, um, does that sort of, do the rights to that drug empire sort of go back to that person by chance? Uh, but yeah, no, there's no um, legal rights to an illegal operation. Mm. Right. Yeah, we can't. We can't give that back to whoever you may be talking about. Okay, interesting. Okay. Yeah, not obviously. I'm I not would not pursue it. Talking about anyone I know, but if somebody maybe left the keys to a drug empire laying around, maybe that'd be better. You know, maybe it'd be nice because I feel like somebody, whoever this person is, was sort of organizing drug empire in a way that hadn't been organized before. A lot of Excel spreadsheets, uh, a lot of bowling mm -hmm. nights. But I just, that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'll say about it. I, I would encourage uh, your friend, was it? Close friend? Um, to Yes, this uh, is a hypothetical friend. To count, count their lucky stars that uh, they were not in possession of the, the drug empire when it went down. Okay. And what if somebody maybe had um some information regarding an fbi agent breaking the law using a hulu password that was not his own and then frivolously lending it out to other people uh over the phone i, I could hear uh many streaming passwords just being exchanged willy-nilly uh would i be entitled to some immunity or possibly a high-ranking position at the fbi for helping bring down what I would argue is an American terrorist. You know what? We might be able to help you out with that. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. I would like them to be. Um... Yeah, we were not fans either. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, somebody reheats tuna in the uh, company microwave when somebody else is just trying to make a damn mug cake. So, yeah. Oof. Yeah. Fully yeah, that'll smells all over the, the FBI doesn't have a separate microwave for mug cakes. <laughs> no, we've been advocating it for it for years. They they will not budge. They say there's no room in the budget. So you know, it's unbelievable. That's incredible. Yeah, to share with the tuna microwave. Yeah. And they they said, oh, do you wanna do you wanna take a a three week boat to the Philippines next time? And we say, no, we don't. Commercials fine. And they're like, yeah, that's what I thought. That's what's in the budget. So, yeah, mm. don't push the big guys on the budget. Let me just tell you. Rather take down a terrorist organization than talk to the accounting guys at the FBI. I mean, you'll understand now why he maybe took your Hulu password. They don't give us access to Hulu either. They don't give you, when you become an FBI agent, you're telling me when you become an FBI agent, they do not give you a free Hulu login? No, no online subscriptions whatsoever. I said, don't we get an online subscription to something? And they said, you can try Pluto TV. And I said, I've seen the ads, it says free. And they said, yeah, that's exactly what we mean by that. That's intensely. That's unbelievable. Yeah, that's over the line. Um, it's just like, I mean, FBI agents are American heroes and we can't even give them like. Thank you. Yeah, not even a quibby. You know, I mean, R R A P nope. Quibi, but I mean, you know, we did actually try to pitch um, a, a Quibi about corporate uh, terrorism, and 
you know, we got pretty far actually in the meeting stages and we'd written, we'd written a, a pilot and kind of we've, we've, we beat out a whole season and it, it, I think it would have been really compelling and I, I, I don't know, maybe saved the platform, but uh, ultimately mm -hmm. we did not shoot that show. We actually pitched to Quibi. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, when we were making the rounds. Um, oh, really? Yeah, my big pitch was I wanted them to use the the catchphrase "subsquibby to Quibby," <laughs> um, which they Great. would not take. They wow. refused. Wow. And mine was maybe Quibby, and it was even shorter episodes. Mm. Um, three Quibby. and a half minutes. <laughs> Quibbies were too long. We kept telling them that. <laughs> I I mean I've expected to sit down for seven seven minutes, eight minutes. You know, imagine that alternate universe where Quibi, you know, did sub say subscribe to Quibi, subscribe to Mibi Quibi, and and watch <laughs> our show. That's like a whole. You know, where are we there? Yeah. What are we wearing? What are we eating in that universe? I want to. No kidding. Yeah, that that is a dynamic uh, subscription service. People are gonna. I think we honestly, not to be hyperbolic, I think we would have saved it. I yeah, think. and and there there are guys in our in our researching of alternate dimensions department who could probably tell us what that looks like. I shouldn't have yeah. talked about that. I shouldn't have. Sorry. Just have you? I get. Well, I guess you're not allowed to talk about it. But I've I've always wanted to know what it would look like if I wore uh, uh, thigh high boots. I'm curious <laughs> if that's something they'd ever seen. Uh, well, I mean, we're allowed to. I think you look great. I, we're allowed to talk about that. That's fine. Oh, thank you. But if you really want to get a detailed photo, that's a higher level in our Patreon. Mm. Yeah, I'm looking at the Patreon and yeah, 130 and you get a photo of yourself from an alternate dimension. Yep. Wow. And for 240, we get the first three letters of the person who really killed JFK. That's correct. $370, we'll, we'll tell you the day you die. So <laughs> problem with that that it's a little bit of our, our um, future policing technology that we're getting into and the issue with that is if mm -hmm. you say the date then the future police are worried that we will kill someone on that date just to make sure that we were right about the day we told them they would die which we would never no and we wouldn't we would never some hiccups with it so but if you don't mind me saying that sounds like an excellent plot for a maybe. I actually, I mm -hmm. yes, and I don't know. Maybe we get together and we work. Yeah, you know, it, it's a little manibi reporty. Yes, yeah. Manibi mm -hmm. Uh mm -hmm. Well, the to quibi from manibi I don't know who wouldn't do that. I I bet look at when this podcast comes out. If you look at Google Trending. You know, you can see, you know, how some squibby to quibby on um, and watch Minibi Requibby on Mibi Quibby is going to go up, up, up on, on Google. I don't care for Google. I think it's a silly word. But the rest of what you're saying, I agree with. <laughs> I'll say yeah. it as many times as I have to to get it sold. Well, honestly, I'm so excited we were able to sit down with you. You know, it seems like you're, you're innovating, you're, you're innovators. And, and this has been really incredible to to. to hear from hear what you had to say mm -hmm. yeah. yeah yeah well thank you so much for having us and you know thank you for doing what you're doing and giving us a few you know podcasting tips it's been hugely helpful hugely helpful. Mm -hmm. well i'm glad that we could help honestly 
you really turned me around. I thought you were coming to be parasites off of the big old whale, uh, the podcasting whale that is true deception. But I think this has been symbiotic. Symbi, there's something there, but I don't have it. Symbiotic? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Quimbiotic? Quibiotic? I, I just, the juices that are flowing with the. the- Quibiotic? I mean, <laughs> there we go. Uh, well, real quick, is there anything you would like to let you know our audience know, or anything we you think we should know about the investigation before we let you go? Uh, well, it is an open investigation, so that's a big thing to know, and a big reason why we've been ha- having to, we've had to be so cagey, unfortunately, on the podcast. Um, you know, I think Brian, wherever he is, would want you to uh, subscribe to our Patreon at sort of any tier, but preferably maybe the $200 tier. Mm-hmm. Agent Wing, I don't know if you have anything. You know, under no circumstances should you approach Brian. Um, he is considered to be dangerous, potentially armed. So, you know, be aware of that. Um, give us a call. We'll, we're federal investigators. We'll take it from there. And, and, you know, if you're at a craft fair and you see people with paper mache, I would just give them a wide berth. I just, these, yeah. these are testy times and, you know, it, it, it could very well be Brian that you see at that craft fair with a paper mache table. And I just want to say, just give them a wide berth. I, I don't, don't approach. That's FBI advice right there. So absolutely, you got to take yeah. it. And if anyone has any equipment that they're getting rid yes, of, yes, um, mm-hmm. you can give us a call about that as well. Yeah. Just call us at the yeah. FBI. They'll know where to send you. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. We, we really appreciate that. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks so much. Yeah. And subscribe to Quippy. <laughs> <laughs> Artwork provided by Amelia Jane Murphy. You can follow her and purchase her work at amil underscore art on Instagram. Music provided by Kai Ingle. Please subscribe and write us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download your podcasts. It really helps the show. You can follow us and contribute at DeceptionPod on Instagram and Twitter.